Hello and welcome back to Lost Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, Lulu, here with my friend, Elizabeth. Hi, everybody. Um, this week, we're going to break down the uh, Star Trek's number one rule, the Prime Directive. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, boy, it's a big subject. It's, it, it's the out. one rule that they say they don't break. And they break it constantly. Some are worse than others. Yeah. Um, I believe the last time I was I saw a website that talked about the Prime Directive, it was Kirk and Janeway were the f- top two breakers of the Prime Directive. Kirk certainly, because yeah. I mean we talk about the Prime Directive, but I don't I don't think the Prime Directive really came into its own until Next Generation. True, I think it was just they, they mentioned words, it, yeah. you know, in the first one. So. Uh, first off, well, in case anyone doesn't know, the Prime Directive is. Starfleet's number one rule is that they don't interfere with the natural progression, society, the laws of another culture. But it has to be a culture like if you join the Federation, you're not subject to the Prime Directive anymore. You're right. part of you're part of the Federation, so you can get the same technology, mm-hmm. the same whatever. It's it's more like a commerce thing at yeah. that point. You can get be, it if you can afford it. Yeah, but it's like if you're uh, like let's say you're okay. The Andorians are a part of the Federation. You can go to Andor, yeah, and all the same laws apply to the Federation. I guess in space, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But if you go on the planet, you're subject to the laws of say their culture. Right. But there is a prime directive protection, like like a lawyer, not a lawyer, but right. like you have some sort of protection against their rules because of say the the Federation rules of regulations. Yeah, I wondered about that. Like, okay, so in the next generation, when you had Wesley falling into the plants... They weren't and... a part of the Federation. Okay, so, yeah. so that was the Prime Directive prevented them from just scooping Wesley up and taking him away? Correct. Was they that, had so... to make a point of why he couldn't be killed right. for walking on grass. I know, exactly. That was the law of the day. So Which was, was still just penalty. a dumb a terrible, episode. That's terrible. a real bad episode, yeah. 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 But I, they... I mean, if you look at Enterprise, because, you know, we had done all these other shows before it, so we had all the prime-directed jokes in the episodes and the movies, but then you look at Enterprise where Archer does fuck up a lot yeah. because there is no rule. Right. And then they make that that weird statement where they're like, there should be like, I don't know, a directive. That is our prime focus. Right. And you're just like... A little on the nose, guys. But we got where you were going fine. And and the Vulcans have that directive, sort of. I mean, they talk about how like they'll watch planets, but they don't interfere. Right. Which is kind of on the... It's, that's a gray area of the Prime Directive, really. Yeah, I mean, they did that in Next Generation, too. They had the planets oh, where, they went, times, yeah, yeah. where they were researchers that were disguised as natives. Well, oh, they had the whole movie where they had the... Um, like the duck blind, uh, insurrection. Yes, exactly. We're just yeah. like, okay, so you're actively studying a people. Yeah, but they're hoping that they're going to get to the point where they... Sure. You know, yeah, you know, first it, contact, they were just, Vulcans were just waiting for us to get out into space. But, it, but it's weird, though, with the the dressing up and going down to, to this society. Like, that's kind of like... I get why you're doing it. And, of course, due to plot. Yes. We always have to do it because of some sort of purpose. Sure. But when you really look at it, you're like, but that's wrong. Like, that, 
That I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't know. It's weird that I, I'm weirded out by because you wouldn't do it today. Like, like, or I mean, maybe you would. I think we honestly do. Oh, know? I guess sleeper agents. So I, yeah. <laughs> of course, I took it dark real quick because yeah, that's did. what I do. Isn't it funny? <laughs> I keep. I don't know why my brain keeps making this connection, but you watch like I like a lot of the wildlife shows, like sure. you know, like Planet Earth. Oh my God, I love yeah. the whole series, and they're studying animals all the time. But basically, you know, you see like horrible things happen to some of these animals, like some of them get old or injured yeah. and they die. Technically, as a documentary, you're not supposed to go out and save the animal. Yeah, the that's... prime directive is exactly. not to, yeah, yeah, that's life. We're witnessing, we're documenting that animal being eaten by another animal. Exactly. And yeah. if we were to go in and help something, then we've just sort of messed with the natural order. Right. So we're supposed to... But it is hard to watch. And so you take it up onto another level and like, well, let's get some creatures that are actually sentient and watch them kill each other and yeah. die and whatever. And that's why the Prime Directive ends up getting busted because they're like, no, I'm going to make an exception. And I'm sure the wildlife people make exceptions all the time. Oh, too. I'm sure you they do. They, do. they, they, they never to... talk about that, no, though. No, they don't, no, no. Yeah. But, eh. I mean, yeah, it's it's like because Captain Archer, he would. I, I don't want to say he made a lot of mistakes, but because there was no prime directive in his world yet, yeah. his mistakes were legitimate. Like, oops, we didn't know any better, but that's not a good excuse. Like, you can't just say, "Oh, well, I should have done my research, just didn't know." No, yeah. forgive me, you know. And was it that one episode where like the dog pissed on the tree and yes. he's got to like. Make an effort to the people and do all this stuff. And when you get right down to it, I mean, and I, you know, I love animals. I definitely do. But if you bring your dog to a party and your dog... Oh, that dog should not have been on that away mission. Absolutely not. But, you know, people do that nowadays. Yeah. Not every place is for your pet. No. Exactly. You yeah, know, I know like, you would like to believe it is, but, but you know, it's not. No, no. Like, Especially if it's going to be on something. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get to the Kirk era where there is a prime directive, kind of. But as um, uh, was it Picard calls uh, cowboy diplomacy, that it's right. you know that is kind of like that's what is very interesting about the original series when they really like especially the movies and maybe even the new movies now mm-hmm. they really do hark up the we're kind of on our own. Yes, it's the wild wild west out here because there isn't much. The Federation is still relatively new. If we get into trouble, it's hard for us to shout for help. Right, because there is no one to shout for help to. Yeah. Yeah, so it is very much the wild, wild west out in space, except clean wild, wild west. Exactly. You know? For the most part. But, you know, you always had Spock that'd be like, well, this is this, don't do that. And then Kirk would just ignore it completely and then come back and be like, maybe you were right. You're just like, maybe... I mean, come on, man. And that's what I love is that not only is Kirk's era like way before time-wise in the story from Next Generation, but also it was a show that was written in the 60s. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that they were doing then, which probably seemed perfectly logical, we look at it now and we're like, let's retrofit this and figure out oh, why this God, would be yeah. the thing. Yeah, you know? it's... Yeah. Yeah, well, because, you know, then you have to look deeper. Of course, you know, Roddenberry was trying to make a statement. Mm-hmm. Whatever Star Trek is talking about, it's really not what they're talking about. No. You know, and... and Except it, for Kirk banging babes in tinfoil bikinis. That's sure. absolutely what they were yeah. talking about. Uh, I mean, like, I... I and in, in you have to respect Rod and Mary for doing that. It was the only show that was really kind of maybe touching on a lot of those issues. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just had Star Trek 50 and Vegas, and I didn't get to go this year. And I was watching a lot of the videos that people recorded. 
And I watched the um, Whoopi Goldberg one because it was her first time ever at a convention. Yeah. And she was... Which I can't believe she never attended a convention before. I think she just didn't have time, maybe. Wow. I don't know what her reasons were, yeah. but well, she don't fly. Oh, I didn't know yeah, She's that. one of those, like, she doesn't like to fly, so she has a van. Or not a van. I'm sure she has a very nice yeah, something so. better yeah, than exactly. the van. Exactly. Really, a really nice <laughs> She gets in a VW and just drives, That's you right. know. Um, but she, she's one of those, she doesn't fly, like, unless she... L- Really has to, I think. Um, but she was telling a story about why she wanted to be on, um, you know, Next Gen because of, you know, uh, Nichelle Nichols and all yes. the, the Martin Luther King stuff. But she told a, a, a little bit of more of a funnier version. Of, she added some flavor to it. But one of her jokes was she was like, no, you don't understand. When she met Gene, she was like, Gene, you don't get it. Not only did you show us a future where black people were prominently featured in power positions, but you showed us a future where we weren't cleaning houses. Yes. And I was like, that is an amazing statement. Yes. And she was like, and that is why I want to be on the show, you know. And and we've talked about this before in our Guinan episode, but she was talking about it and and that's you're right. Like that's why the sixties show is so good because it did stuff like that. Yeah. Um and then Due to storyways and plot, and then you got Kirk fucking up. Yes. You know, or whatever he does. Um, but they always seem to justify it. You know, like, was it, um, what's the saying? The... He always had a good reason for why he sure. was doing what he was doing. Because uh, you want the viewers the, to it, like him. What am I saying? The means justify the end? Is that the saying? The ends justify the means. Yeah, I'm, I knew I was trying to say it right. Yeah. Um, well, it's like there's a DS9 episode where they go back in time to the Kirk era. Yes. The Trouble with Triple episode. And they're like, well, it was the NCC 1701. And then they just, the guys are like, oh, God, it's Shatner. It's not Shatner. They were it's, like, they're like, oh, it's oh, Kirk. It's Kirk. Shit. Oh, they're no. like, no one that has guy. more prime, temporal prime directive mistakes than Captain Kirk. And oh, you were yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> the whole idea of going back in time and not messing with anything, psh, out the window if it's Kirk. Well, what was it the, um, is I want to say it's a Star Trek movie. Was it going back in time and changing? That's that's cheating. That you don't... Oh, was it... It wasn't Star Trek Four, was it? Where they, where they saved the whales? No, because that they needed to go back in time. Yeah. yeah Maybe it's not Star... There's a, there's a movie where someone says, like, going back in time and changing, that's cheating. It's, you know, it's true. Facing I mean. the facing the future is real a real challenge. Maybe it wasn't anyway. But that saying is true for for the Kirk crew. Is that they did Star Trek Four alone aside? Like yeah. I really think that was the only one that you're like, well, that yeah, was, you went, legitimately good. went back in time for a reason. Yeah, yeah, like there are no more whales. Yeah, and you <laughs> saved two that were about to die. Sure, whalers. You know, and I love yeah. that scene. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Those poor Norwegian sailors, are like, what is this? You know, but like, yeah, no, I get that, you know. But then, it, but then Kirk would do things. We're just like, oh, okay. But when was it the um, the Mirror Universe, Kirk? Oh yes. When they were like, um, well, he goes, well, if you don't give us your dilithium, I will just take it and then I will blow up your ship or your planet. Yeah. And then I will do this and this and then I will rape all your children, you know. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh God. That's what it yeah. looks like without the prime directive. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. If you're you really like, just, you have no empathy for the people that you meet whatsoever. You're like, I'm going to do it because I can. Yeah. Might makes right. Oh, that's just awful. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But you are correct. Like they, I, I'm pretty sure they mentioned the Prime Directive, but I don't think they really were beholden to it back then. And, and yeah. I mean, the show itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is fun to watch how the show grew. Sure. Yeah. But Picard was like, no, no, that's the Prime Directive. Yeah. We will fall on our swords before we do this particular thing. But yet again, we had to save Wesley. Yeah. We had to get Riker back. There's definitely you, times when they, sure, yeah, like it's there's always an exception, and that's what makes a good show. Right, like, um, was it the when Worf's half brother beamed an entire society to the holodeck? Oh yeah, and yeah, then yeah. one of them got lost, ended up in like ten forward, and yeah. had a heart attack and died. And they were just like, okay, yeah, well that's well that didn't work out. Probably you know? not a thing that should have happened, but but the, they they went had so many logical things that happened in next generation sure because like, due to plot yeah. yes also captain picard did not go down to the planet on every episode because he's the captain of the ship and maybe he shouldn't yeah. do that you know little little things where they were like well we say the prime directive but what exactly do we mean by that let's spell yeah. it out well there is that one episode that he i think is a really good usage of it when riker is down on the planet doing his Thing. I'm gonna say research, but really it's spying. But whatever, yeah. you know, he's dressed up like the, the, this alien creature, and a bomb goes off, and he gets caught in the blast, and they haul him to the hospital, thinking he's one of their own species. And then when they start doing the X-ray, they're yeah, like, like, "What the fuck is this, this thing?" Is not you know, anything we expected. Um, and they try to get him, and they can't find him, and they blah 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 blah. But they found it's the one where um, uh, Lilith from Frasier, what's her name? Damn oh, it. I know exactly who you mean. Anyway, yeah, that actress, yeah. she guest starred on the episode, is that she is like, okay, well, I, I'm fast. Are you an alien? And he's just like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm a mutant. I'm totally I'm a different. But Picard and Deanna actually have to come down to the to talk to um, her and her superior, and he has that line of dialogue where he's just like, normally I don't do this. Yeah. We're not supposed to do this. He goes. But the situation has become so dire. Yeah, we are from we are from a different planet. We travel the stars. We have a. He's like he explains it like I have a prime directive. Yes, it's not being done well here. Yeah, this you is know, an example of where it did not work the way we wanted it. To. Right, Fine. and you know he's just like he's like and I apologize, but let's see what we can do now to work through this. And I really thought. His scene was good about that. Like he was just kind of like, "We really fucked up." Yeah, I'm here as a you know a show of good faith. Like, what can we do to solve this? Of course, there was a, a character on the alien side that was not ready. Right. So you know he did some bad, and I I, I want to say I'm about eighty five percent sure this is also the episode where one of the nurses is like. I'll let you get out if you have sex with me because I oh. want to have sex with an alien. Interesting. I don't remember that. Yeah, I, 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 you're probably not wrong. And, and, I, and, I, and I want to see maybe Riker maybe goes with it. And you're just kind of like, <sighs> so for all the really good you're saying at the top of this episode about two cultures meeting and how the the the, the first contact was all fucked up, yeah, yeah, supplement it with this sex bomb alien thing and you're just like... But it is Riker, so it makes sense. And I, and I want to say, I'm 85% sure it's the same episode. I yeah. could be wrong. I know that both those things happen in episodes. It, it, it they may not be the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny how you really... So I never really thought about it. So you really don't like the times when they go into the disguise and spy I, on them? And... I don't know. It's It seems... It's definitely... It's weird. It's underhanded, but I always like the idea because it's like... It's a culture, and they can't 
interfere with them. But when they, they, for one, they have to find out when are they ready for us. Sure. So you have to know what the culture's like. Yeah. You have to know what their language is like. And you also have to know how to not screw up. You know, what are they going to be offended by a dog piddling on one of their yeah. statues? You'd only know that if you had done some research ahead of time. I think my problem was is we've never seen it done successfully. Yeah, that, probably because that won't make a very good show. Right. Yeah, Due to yeah. plot in yeah. the story, we've only ever seen their mess ups. They, like they if went we, in and they researched yeah. and nobody ever found out. Yeah, no, yeah. what a boring story that would be. I get it. But like to me that would be like, oh, well, okay, now I see why we're doing it. Sure. And all the points you just made are yeah. completely valid. <laughs> but it's like we never saw the good outcome of those because again get screwed up a lot. Doesn't make for interesting television. Yeah. I mean, the prime directive goes even so far as they had a whole fucking movie about it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like that's how much the, the next generation or Picard was you know, his character was very much a belief of the Prime Directive. And I love that speech in Insurrection, which, like I've said before, I'm actually kind of... I enjoy that movie. Mm-hmm. It's just a good episode. Yeah. A two-hour episode. Sure. You know, where he has that speech with the Admiral, or the Badmiral. I love that term that someone coined online. Because mm-hmm. all the Admirals are always end up being bad Admirals. So the Badmirals. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I get that's it. That's good. No, that's true. Um, but he was just like, well, we're just going to move these 600 people. Like... They're not supposed to be there in the first place. So, you know, whatever. And I love Picard's speech. He's like, okay, well, that's fine. But, like, well, how many people do you move before it is wrong? Yeah. Like 600, 5,000, a whole planet. When does it become a wrong number? Yeah. And, it, and I'm paraphrasing because he went on for a while because it's Patrick Stewart. And you want to just let Patrick fun. Stewart be Patrick Stewart. Yeah, but the, the black and white and then you've got the gray yeah. area that we actually live in. I mean, it's like, obviously, a million people wrong. Two people, okay. All right. In yeah. the middle, we're going to get to a point where we can't figure You know, it and out. I like the parallels to the Native Americans being moved off their land. And you're just like, okay. And I just, I really like that movie. Mostly, I think a lot of do that speech. Because it, I think that's, that to me is what encompasses Star Trek. Is yeah. that like, here we are surrounded by all this wonderful technology. But we're still human. Yeah. At the core of the problem is we're still human beings or assholes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and like you know, and I don't remember the outcome for the episode where Wesley falls in the grass. I mean, obviously he lived. Oh, well, there had a thing where there was actually like a god creature that was overseeing the planet, and so that no, thing, yeah, there was there was like they brought one of the girls onto the ship uh-huh. to show her this strange hazy thing that was existing out there, and she immediately like drops to her knees. She's like, "It's our god," and then the god makes this big booming noise return my child and they have to send her back down to the planet and so that threw a monkey wrench into the whole thing so you're lying oh my god no that is one of the episodes i skip every time i rewatch next shit because it's a terrible episode because it's this it's like they're all wearing um underwear yeah yeah pretty much you're like so your entire society is based on don't walk on the grass and you're wearing jockeys yeah like No, that's a skipper for sure. I always remember little like tidbits about that. They had to like, seriously, the godlike thing out in space was really pissed off that they had brought one of the the people up into the ship. So he immediately, you know, the god thing is yelling at them and Picard takes off his communicator and puts it on her and that's how they transport her down, which in my mind always like set up, this is how transporting works. You have to have something that tells the transporter where to find you. Yeah, you you do need to have a... um indicator yeah exactly yeah. and i'm just you know my nerd brain was like oh that was cool so yeah. I like things oh, like that, that. Uh, maybe i need to rewatch that episode just for that scene i, I don't know it is a terrible it's episode. A, yeah. i would rather watch where they go to the black planet and that's that one's just yeah, morally offensive uh, yeah boy that's a tough call yeah right like because yeah. they're both so terrible episodes yeah. you're like well both of these are just awful that's fine. um 
But I, I think out of every captain that we've discussed so far, Picard is the one that really stuck to his guns the most. Like, mm-hmm. like was it? And even in the um, another good example is the episode where the child is calling for help, and Data has been in communication. He's just like, until he heard the call, yeah. he wasn't like, I can't be a part of this temporal, not temporal because it's all everything. Uh, prime directive we can't help this child she's destined to die and then data's just like oops i hit the wrong control panel <laughs> you're like you're a computer no you don't yeah, no. you know and you hear the child calling for help and he's just like well fuck what can i do now yeah because he's now like it's a real person. now i've heard a child's plea for help we have to help yeah you know and i love his like God damn it! You know, it's <laughs> like you're just like that's the exception and that makes for the good episode you know um but yeah, I think Picard's the one that sticks to his guns the most. Like there are a few exceptions as we've discussed, and I, you know, those are the ones that I can remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck seven seasons. It's tough to. It, it, they all start to blend together after a while. Now I will say, I don't think Cisco was really bad with the Prime Directive, but he also wasn't faced with it as much. Well, they—that's why they ended up bringing the ship onto DS Nine because it was in. It was a spot in space that yeah. didn't visit other things. People visited them, so you figure they're already part of the Federation. In some, or that. in the people who weren't, they informed them of what was going on. Sure. Now, he would go into the Gamma Quadrant, but his, I think he got away with the Prime Directive in the Gamma Quadrant because they were at war. Ah. So it was like, oh, you're at war with the Quadrant. Well, the Prime Directive really doesn't matter at this point. because Military you, situation. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't... I can't think of anything off the top of my head specifically from DS9. I mean, you're right. People would come on and they would maybe have cultural issues. Sure. Um, but there was never really a reason for them not to do the Prime Directive per se because there was... You're right, because they yeah. brought them on and they were at war. Because we forget that that's not the only conflict that was on there. Like the episode where Riker's dog peed on the stuff and everything. You there- mean... Um... Uh, Archer. Archer. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Be much better episode of Riker's dog. You're like Riker would, yeah. a dog. Yeah. But yeah, no, that wasn't. They weren't dealing with the prime directive. They were dealing with a cultural yeah. issue right there. So yeah, they, like, sometimes the conflicts isn't messing with another culture because it hurts them. It's messing with another culture and it pissed them off, yeah. which is different. But then you get to Janeway. Yeah. Now it she gets a lot sense. of and that and yeah. that and there's a whole book about this situation too. Yeah. A, and that's the problem is that everyone goes, but in her defense, yeah. they are 75,000 light years away from any prime directive situation. Yeah. And, and she would have, and I love that they actually had conversations about it. Yeah. Like she'd be like, we're trying to do this. We, we you know, here's the prime directive. We're trying to stay here, but I can't. I have to get to point A to B, and you're causing me a problem, so I'm going to bend it. I think you know? that's the key right there, is that the prime directive was not her prime directive. Her prime directive was to get the ship home safe. Correct. Everything else, yeah. even the prime directive, had to bend to that. Yeah. And she'd said in multiple conversations, she like there was, um, I think it was between season five and six, they meet up with another federation ship that had been lost through the same way the uh, caretaker brought it over they threw out the prime directive yeah. and they were killing this species 
because they could trap the alien species, siphon its energy, killing it, and make their warp core go faster. Right. And and she was, and that's one of the episodes where she had, she was just like, well, how often do you have the prime directive? And he was like, well, we've had to bend it on occasion, <laughs> you know. And, and then you find out the it, dark yeah. side of the, right. and you know, and I, and and that's actually a really good two parter because you see her side. You see where she could have gone if she had forego it. And you're just like, okay. And she kept to her guns and was just like, no, no, I have principles. I'll bend it to the point where the shit is breaking, but I will never break it. You know, and then there's this other guy who broke it and was just like, fuck it. I want to get home so bad. I will kill an entire race, you know, and then she sees her dark comparison. And at the end there, he has a moment he not redemption, yeah, but he has a Star Trek where they have to have that realization. He has a moment of like, maybe I didn't do this right, and then he dies. But you know, um, and I like that Janeway was challenged by Seven of Nine on the Prime Directive a lot, like because Seven of Nine is she's essentially a computer, exactly. especially her first two seasons where she's not really humanoid or a human. Yeah, her humanity yeah. hasn't kicked in, so she's very much like. Well, you say you do this, mm-hmm. but then I see you do the complete opposite. Right. How do you call that? And she'd be like, well, we have to do this. There's, like you said, there's, we're bending it. There's yeah. rules of gray. You've got to have the letter and, of the law and then yeah. the spirit of the law. And, you know, Seven and I would always go by the letter of the law because that's what she'd been told. And yeah. they're like, well, then you have to put humanity and people in there. But. There, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a good book. I, I want to say it's called Atonement. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, not, I'm not positive. My dad read it. and But it was... They got back. They've been back for like maybe five years or whatever. And some of the alien species from the Delta Quadrant that are now in communication with the Alpha Quadrant because of Voyager. Like, you know, they set up buoys or whatever. And the problem is, is they're calling for her to be charged with um, court-martial due to her. they, They chose seven specific episodes. Um, that were like, well, here's seven instances where you not only bent it, but you fucking broke it. And right. here's why, you know, and she gets... It's interesting. It's kind of like a clips episode of a book. Kind of. Yeah. And she has to, like, defend herself of why they did certain things. Of course, there's an under, there's a dark side to it, which, you know, there's Always. another... There's an evil plot, which Seven and Tom Paris figure out. But, Fine. But it is a very interesting conversation towards the Janeway characterization that she did break it or, or bend it, because they are 75,000 light years away. There is no Federation. She can't call for help. Yeah. She's got to make hard choices. And I think that's what makes her such an interesting captain. Mm-hmm. Is she doesn't have the luxury that Picard does. To sit back and be like, well, no matter what, I can call someone. Yes. Exactly. Here it's like, well, I can't call anybody. I got to, okay, it's either we do this to survive and maybe some people get hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm, you and also, know. she didn't she carry some guilt for the fact that it wasn't technically her reason that they got brought out to the Delta Quadrant, but because she didn't make that decision yes. to use that. Yeah, and yeah. so it was her decision that caused the entire ship to be stranded away from their homes and loved ones. Yeah. And she's like, "Then I have to make this call. This has got to be out of guilt. I have to bend the prime." Yeah, well, that was that she didn't want. It was either um, that came down to either she they send her back. And then let the Kazon take over that satellite and right. then thus take control of the, um, uh, whatever Kess's people were called. 
I can't remember. Uh, I can't they were they were living yeah. in the underground. They Okampa? had all the Okampa. Yeah. They had all the water, all the luxury, but that the surface dwellers did not. Right. She goes, or she blows it up herself, strands herself there, so that she can protect the Okampa. Right. And and again, and there was only like five hundred people. Right. You know, and she made a, a call that now that was what the show was about. And technically, her doing that was a violation of the Prime Directive, wasn't yes. it? She was interfering with yeah. the natural development of a culture because uh, and, she made an exception. And she made an enemy of the Kazon right. for two fucking seasons. We had to deal with those goddamn those people. spiky hair oh, things. Oh, they were just so terrible. Yeah. No one liked the Kazon. I'm not surprised. I love when they got rid of They were like, hey, we're out of Kazon space. We're like, oh, thank Yay. God. New no, aliens. Yeah, new aliens. Except you know. for the ones, were they the ones? with the garbage people what were those guys called oh I know they were later seasons okay. but yeah they were gross too yeah, yeah. Um, and they and the that was their environmental episodes that's right because the garbage guys were going into a deep part of space dropping off all their like waste yeah and it was fucking up the people that live in that part of space. <laughs> right. And they were like, well they're not they're they're bottom dwellers. You're like uh, you know, that's actually a really good episode because that was when they're in the um, no stars. It's just pitch black. Oh, I don't remember that. It's no. it's it's the beginning, I think, of season three or four. Yeah. It's no three. It's just the like and the, the I think the episode starts with like we're in our third month mm-hmm. of nothing, yeah. and it's just pitch black, and the only light they have is of their ship. How and bizarre. like, and and it start it, it starts off with them in the holodeck having fun, and they're like, "Well, everything's working at a hundred and three percent because there's nothing literally for us to do." Yeah. And they're asking to turn more things into holodecks because the crew is so bored. Yeah. And then Janeway's like depressed in a room, and no one's seen her for like three months or something. Yeah. And then they, you know, then this drama happens, and it's actually a good episode because she gets out of her room and she gets like a giant Ripley style gun. Oh, it's just like shooting people, but it. It is questionable, like how often she had to break the prime directive. But I think I don't think she ever actually broke it, right. except in that one instance where she blew up the satellite to strand herself there. Sure, and and she was riddled with guilt because she talked about it all the time. Yes. So it wasn't like, hey, that one thing happened a couple episodes ago. We're not going to talk about it. Kind of like when Deanna lost her powers, right. and you know, like, oh, she's fine, yeah, you know. Great. And that I was what I liked about powers away for the whole season. Would have been, been so, so much better. Yeah, been or good. never come back. Yeah, you know. True. Yeah, but like it was so interesting. About that's what I liked about Voyager. It was so episodic. You really did have to pay attention to what happened because they'd bring things back. Mm-hmm. But then she would work on. But then there was like other things where, um, again, her and her bending. Oh, mm-hmm. it's hard to say because it depends on how far do you go before you think it's a bend. Yeah, I think I think the thing I always took away is it's not that it's not that she broke the prime directive all the time. It's just surprising that she didn't break it more. You know, like the one guy True. that they ran yeah. into, she I could mean, have yeah. many many occasions she could have gone way further, but she tried to stick to her principles. And I like that she sent uh, when they get communication back with the Alpha Quadra, and she starts sending like reports, you know, and the people are like, wait, we saw that you did it, and she's just like. You are armchair quarterbacking. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, yeah, she's like, what would you have done? Yeah. You know, and they're all very much like, probably the same. Like, yeah. what you have no one to answer to at that point. Yeah, no, and then there was episodes where she would like really bend it by, um, well, for example, the one episode with uh, they're no longer 
telepaths aren't allowed in this one quadrant. Right. So they have to get through it, and every they get frequently stopped by these people that are always searching for telepaths. And then you find out they're taking an entire village of telepaths to like a rendezvous point to get them out of that quadrant, and they've been putting them in um, uh, the uh, the teleporter stasis oh, yeah. to hide them. Uh, and you're like, okay, that's kind of breaking the prime I directive. But but you're saving a, a a people. Right. But like the wildlife documentaries, you know, sometimes Boom, exactly. they're just going to have to kill each other. Yeah. Which sucks until it, you get into a real world example. Like to me, that's more of a breaking of the prime directive than say killing a species off to, well, but killing anything is always going to be the bad, the worst. It, yeah. it is just because it's mean. But you know, that's where the prime directive gets interesting. It's like you could do good things and be breaking the prime directive. Yeah. I, I, I love Jane Way. I really do. She's one of my favorites because she had dilemmas like that. Yeah. So did Picard, but his were more, they were di- diplomacy di- dilemmas. Exactly. Exactly. And, and he, he dealt with a lot of, of crazy shit too. And he always had a lot of backup. So. Also, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, that's really. I mean, it's like he just comes across as like, oh well, obviously Patrick Stewart. He's smarter than everyone. Yeah, when he says this is what we're gonna do, you're like, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're Patrick Stewart, you're in charge. <laughs> Remember when I was telling you that I think it would be cool to have to like be that second in command to a person because you believe in that person so much that right. you're like, I will do whatever I have to do to make sure you can do the things you need to do. Yeah. I could feel that I could be that way towards. Well, Picard. that's why. Riker never left. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, he was just like, I'm, I, why would I want to leave from my own ship? I'm on the best ship now. Supporting the best person. And it was like, that's fair. Like, yeah. leave the dude alone. Yeah. And when he did leave, it was because it was a brand new goddamn ship that was the newest ship in the fleet to go for a whole other new world. It had You're to just have been like, the best reason. Exactly. Yeah. Also, timing was time for him to go. Yeah. <laughs> You're in your 50. Maybe it's time for maybe you to go. Maybe you don't need to be a second in command anymore. But he did wait until they were like, oh, 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 here's the Titan. Yeah. Look at, ooh, pretty. Yeah. You know. Before, it's like, ah, I could be on any old ship, but no, he wants to be on the best ship. Well, he was supposed to go to, the, I think it was the Melbourne, and then the Melbourne gets exploded at Wolf 359 by the Borg, and you're just like, and he has that realization like, I could have been on that yeah, ship. Yeah, it would have been me. You know, it's like, and you know, dun, dun, dun. You're like, look, you're not going to leave this show because <laughs> no. it's at the bite. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, we don't know if Picard's coming back, but we're pretty sure you're not going anywhere. No, no. Yeah, no, and I, um, I, I mean, to go back to, to Voyager, I think that's why I really like Seven of Nine. She made you remember that there was a prime directive. Exactly, but it takes a computer to do that black and white stuff. It does, yeah. and and it was sad that you know, Cast um, had to leave for whatever backed information between the the actress and the, well, I, I, who knows. She's had a bit of a rough life. Hasn't she, she has yeah. that kind of crazy. Like yeah, you know, Jennifer. I think her name is Jennifer Lins or Jennifer Lyons or something. Yeah, you know, she got arrested a couple of years ago by flashing some children outside. I remember her. Yeah. hearing that. Yeah, there's some substance abuse going on there. Right? You're just like, okay, all right, it sucks, you know. And then they brought her back for that one episode. I like the episode, but it's not a good episode. Okay. Like I, I understand that it's not a good episode, yeah. but I like just seeing Cass again on the ship. Yeah, you have the you have the prime directive, but. Janeway was the first person I heard mention. Well, they did it once in DS9, but then there was the temporal prime directive. 
which was yeah. the all right. So you're gonna fuck up time wise, right? What do you got to do to fix that? Now here's where I'm gonna call her out. She was really bad at that. Yeah. And she would say though in dialogue how much she hates time travel. Like, because she wasn't good at it. Yeah. Like, was it the, um, one of my favorite episodes in season seven is called Fractured, where the Voyager is hit by something, like it always is, Mm. and sections of the ship are different time periods of the ship. Essentially, it's a clip show, Uh, but without doing clips. Got it. Instead of it being like, oh, we're going to show you a clip, each section that they go to is a different season. Oh, interesting. So, like, they they have to go through the ship and inject into their um, the biochemistry some sort of chemical to fix things. Right. But, like, uh, um, sick bay is season three before the doctor got his um, hollow emitter. Yes. But, like, the bridge is season one. Um, oh. Engineering is in the way future, like, before we even got there. Oh, wow. You know, and then at one point, it's the siege when the Kazon took over the ship. So it's them bouncing through different time streams. And at one point, like... Oh, hang on one second. We have a siren. Oop, siren time. As Kath and I always say on our podcast, everybody drink! It's been good today. Yeah, no, just the <laughs> one. Not bad. Three episodes, just the one. It's not bad. But at one point... Chakotay is the only one who's been able to bounce. He knows what the problem is. So he it's a Chakotay centric. So sure. he's bouncing through. And they get they get Janeway season one to go through all these things. And they get to a point where she's like, he's like, I could tell you what all we're dealing with, but I don't want to affect your choices that you make in the future. And she and they get to a point where she's like, Okay, this is too fucked up. Yeah. How about I just don't go? And he's like, Okay, well, you have to go. He's like, because if you don't go, then you don't get to do this, and you don't get to see that. And then she meets seven, and she's like, this will never happen. You know, she's like, you have to still go and make your either poor or whatever choices you make. And that, I thought, was a very interesting... That's why I like this episode, because it's very much like, okay, so there's the prime directive, but then there, now there's a timeline directive. Like Which what choices you make similar. in, yeah, yeah and it's yeah. like what choices you make in the past could affect things you do in the future. And once again, doing something good could be wrong. And it's like the wildlife yeah. documentary. You can go into the past and see people and know these people are all going to die, and yeah. I can't do anything about it because prime directive, time directive. What was it? Star Trek in the darkness. That whole opening scene is a fucking prime directive nightmare. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. and, and, and they could have got away with it, except for Spock had to write his report, and you're just like, and I love Kirk's look. Like, why? Just tell me out, like it's because uh, it because Spock is the computer. Yeah, the Spock show. is Black Spock. And white. He's, He's like, like what you what happened here was wrong, you know. But yet he was the forefront of this of the solve. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, Ugh. yeah, no, fine, you know, that's okay. But I like I like the temporal prime directive episodes as well because it's very. But like, there's one where uh, a guy has to take seven and have her go back in time multiple times. Because her Borg technology allows her to be able to do it. Right. But she dies. And they keep going like, well, we'll just go back in time and get another seven. And then they get to a point where they're like, okay, well, we, we can't go back anymore. Yeah. Like, the copy of the copy of the copy is too degraded. Uh. And, you know, and they, and they tell her, they're like, you, we can only do this one more time. Like, this is it. Either yeah. you get it or we're done. And yeah. she's like... Well, then I guess I'll do it. You know, like, you know. And she, of course, does it because, you know, that's how it works. Of course, because that's when, the show. And we also get seven in the um, in a uniform. Nice. For the first time. And you're like, 
she looks really good in the uniform. Maybe she maybe should always stay, put yeah. her in a uniform. It'd be nice, but then they couldn't have her in the skin tight clothes. Right, so, and, yeah. you know, because clearly she was not an attractive sexual woman. No, she had to be in the skin tight. Yes. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, but you know, when you get right down to it, all of Doctor Who is a prime directive, time directive. It is. Yeah, it, he's yeah. always talking about what you can and cannot mess with, and then there's always exceptions. Yeah, the fixed time, um, the fixed it, point in time, fixed mm-hmm. point in time, which sometimes works for Doctor Who, and then other times it really doesn't. Yeah, like. What makes a fixed point? Like, he goes around yeah. and fixes other things, but this one thing he can't. Or, or the fact that the TARDIS can't get to Amy and Rory. Right. You're it's like, like okay. Maybe go land in Jersey and take a bus over. I you just, know? That'd be I, fine. I, God, that, that really bugged me. Like, that whole episode everybody. is not good. They just had, yeah. well, no, yeah, because also the, the, the giant weeping angel who's the Statue of Liberty. Oh, besides that. That's yeah. just well, a, that was I, the thing that disappointed me the most, because I liked that idea, and then they did it, and I'm like, well, that looks really ridiculous. Yes, yeah, and you're just like, well, wait, That's, it's walking? No, I don't even know. I mean, you have, you guys, it's BBC, you had more money to do better effects than that, but whatever. I think the problem with that is that they, I love the Weeping Angels. I, I do too. I think they're fantastic in their first episode. Yes. And I like that episode um, with River and the, um. With the, the priest the, with the guns. Which I like that significantly less. Of course. Yes. <laughs> By all stretch of the imagination. Yes. But it's a decent episode. Sure. Um, and I like that the Weeping Angels are in that one cut scene on the Christmas town where they're yes. like, oh, they're here. Oh, they're gone. You just, they were just like, ooh, right. move on. Right. That's it. That is that's that that is all I need as far as weeping the angels. The more you learn about the weeping angels, the it, less scary they get. And the convoluted it becomes yeah. because it was almost kind of like we didn't really think it out. That's what made them so brilliant in the first one. All we yeah. knew were there were these creatures, and they send you back in time so you live yourself to death. You know? Sure, yeah. and you're like, okay, got it, fine. But then you, and then they started writing more, and yeah. you're like, okay, and now I'm knowing too much, and and then you get to that episode with the angels in the New York, and you're like, this uh, makes no sense. Yeah, no, I'm. You're not I'm, even staying true to your own canon. Also, the fact that I don't, they they would send people back, but that they would send them back to the same time and place. I didn't think it was that yeah. specific. It know? was weird. Like, how do they choose? Like, the fact that, that Amy decides to, you know, get taken by the Weeping Angels so she can go be with Rory, I'm like, how do you know that that's going to happen? How do you know that you're going to Yeah, and how long was spot? Rory waiting? Seconds? Yeah. Minutes? Yeah. A few years? Yeah, no Like, idea. did he establish... What if he established life, got remarried, and had kids? Oh, And God. she shows up on his doorstep one day. You're like... Uh, it's been like five years. It would make a really good episode. Of course. <laughs> but that's... But that was their end of their arc. You know, such a terrible... Yeah, no, no. I don't like that episode no, at all. Very disappointing. And I have real issues... Um, well, no, I don't... It, it sucks because the... Um, the Asylum of the Daleks is such a great concept. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to go see the Asylum. Where do Daleks go when they're crazy? Yeah. You know, and you got the whole um, Oswin, and she is a Dalek, and that's fantastic. And oh, and then Missy's there, who I just adore her. She was yeah. in that. that. She wasn't that. No, no, it's right? the other one. Oh, I'm thinking of a different one. Sorry. But yeah. it's all good. Missy's yeah. fantastic and yeah. anything. Yeah. But, you know, you, you got that, and then they throw the whole thing that Rory and Amy aren't together. And she's like a model all of a sudden. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck happened between the season? Yeah, I don't And again, know. that's my frustration with Moffat as a writer. Is that we were dropped in the middle of a conversation that we never saw the end. Or I mean the beginning of. Yeah. 
And we frankly never saw the ending either. And honestly, sometimes that works well. Sure. I like a lot of times when people can drop us in, but if if you never get out of that confusion. The key is you drop in the middle of a situation, you have no idea what's going on, and then the confusion resolves itself and you yeah. find out. But if it, it if it never, never resolves, then it's not really good. That let's just be honest, that whole those six episodes before the pawns leave, yeah. the best one of those is the dinosaur one. It's true. Because there is no that was the season that I really didn't care for. No, there yeah. was, it's, just, I mean, it's kind of a funny I'm, season. I'm, I'm okay with the 11th Doctor. I like him. I like Matt Smith's Doctor. But he had some really clunky episodes. He did. And I don't... And it's not... It, of course, it's not his fault. No, no, no. It, no, was, no. it was almost like some of the writers were like, well, I have half of an idea. Mm-hmm. Well, I have half of an idea, too. All right, well, let's put those two halves together and stretch it out for two episodes. Yeah. And you're like... Yeah. Guys, stop. Well, and nothing really is quite as bad as the 12th Doctor episodes with like the military stuff going on. And uh, then the, right? Every time, I mean, I have rewatched that season and I have skipped those episodes because I'm like, I'm so bored. It's not just that it's not a good episode. It's especially not a good Doctor Who episode. No. All these military people throwing these terms around and I'm bored and I don't care. Yeah, it is. And the one that pissed me off the most this last season was... Um, the underwater ghost time thing with the creature that looked like a bad Halloween episode. It didn't oh, bother God. me nearly as much as some of the other ones. I mean, it definitely wasn't great, but, you know. Yeah, it's, it, it's again, hey, I have half an idea. You know what? If you don't have a full idea, mm-hmm. don't bring it to the room. Probably shouldn't, but Moffat's the direction on that one, so I think we yeah, can possibly... This is going to be his last season. Have they figured out who's going to be a front runner after Moffat? They have picked a new guy yet, but okay. I don't remember who it is. Okay. Someone promising. Good. It was one of those where you're like, yes. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. No, fingers. but the problem is that they weren't sure if, I, you know, forgive me because I don't remember that other guy's name, um, if he was going to get a new doctor and a new companion. Right. And then I guess Capaldi has said he will stick around for at least the first season of that new guy with, right. uh, I think her name's Pearl. Yes, I think so. The, the new companion. No. Her real name, I believe, is Pearl, oh, and her okay. character name is Bob. Yes, I remember she did have a boy's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's probably short for like Bobby or yeah. something, you know. Yeah. But anyway, but um, I think that was the last rumor as I heard is that he was going to do out the new season with the new companion with Moffat, and then the new guy will take over and transition wow. twelve out. New doctor, new companion, new writer. Be yeah, well, not it'll be old doctor, old companion, new writer, oh, I and see. then the season after that, which I think would be like season eleven, mm-hmm. would be new doctor, maybe new companion, because sometimes the companion is your transition, yeah, yeah. which I I'm always help, yeah, because yeah, yeah. it helps us, it, because it yeah. gives you something to hold on to that's recognizable, and and we get to see the reaction of like, oh, you're not who I've been with. Or I will learn to like you with the audience. Got it. But then there was that crazy-ass rumor that Matt Smith would be the 13th Doctor. I am very interested to see if they go forward with that. I'm know? kind of okay with it. I am it. too, because I, I think... At least for I, a season. Just yeah. one season, see why he has to come back. And it's not like, well, we're going to go get the pawns. No, like, he can't. Yeah. Like, because fixed time bullshit. Sure, fine. But, yeah. like, something, like, story-wise, make it a, like, those episodes is one story. Like, th- like something was unresolved, yeah. and he has to come back. It's an arc. And it, But it was a weird, like, even through his regeneration, it was like, whoa, this is not normal. So you know? it, is, it is a regeneration. We're not just seeing an earlier 
form in time. Yeah, they like said that. if they ever brought him back, he would be a regeneration. Wow. And he would be, you know, whatever how old he is, but back. Interesting. And, like, imagine Matt Smith have gone through the Peter Capaldi years. Yeah. He's yeah. not going to be the same character. Yeah. He won't be as crazy, which would be really interesting. One, for us as viewers, but I think as an actor, he would have to be like, oh, I'm playing the same character, but I'm not. Isn't it interesting that he would be playing the Doctor as he's playing Peter Capaldi playing the Doctor. I yeah. That's what he would do. Well, I love be, it when they later start. You mean, like he would be a new Doctor, but he has to throw in, well, I've had that extra billion years of oh, God, bullshit yes. yeah. you know and, and 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 now you know and i would love to see matt smith with missy yeah like those two would be very interesting yeah i forget yeah. that she was she really only came in with the 12th doctor. yeah she's That's a compaldi nemesis yeah exactly. which i think works well with him and her yeah, yeah i do but i would be i would very it would be kind of like when we saw river song with capaldi you're like this is good mm-hmm. It's not the same, no. but it's good. Yes. You know, it'd be, it would, yeah. a lot of people always consider River and Matt Smith to be the pair. Yeah, I, even though she met Tennant first. And I always love that episode with her and Tennant, so yeah. I always think of her as a Tennant. I, I, I don't, for the sheer fact that... We got a lot more afterwards. Yeah, and I, and I, and I digest on that mm-hmm. um, because um, the astronaut... In the water episode, that the whole season, that yeah, whole yeah. season with her, where she was really a part of the show that yeah. season. Yeah. But I love the, I love when First River sees Tenet, and she's just like, "Oh, you're so young." And then I love his reaction. Oh, I it's know. almost angry when he's like, "I'm really not." But I love when she says whatever she says, and of course we have to assume it's his real name, yeah. which I'm. Good with never knowing. We, I, I swear to God, if they ever tell us, I feel like the show jumped the shark. Yeah, and know. also it's not going to be as uh, Chris. Mm. <laughs> My name is Joe, and you're just like Joe the Doctor. We have like, to call him something. John Smith is fine. Yeah, John Smith, I'm fine with. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Let's just leave it at that. Never anything else, because obviously that's fake. You sure? Yeah. But I love both of the reactions as actors when she says, "Oh, you're so young," and he has his, and then she whispers something, and his face is like, yeah. You know, I love Donna's like, "What she say then?" What? Right? And he's just like, "We got it." No, go. I trust her implicitly and you're just like you just met her like for viewers we're like what do you mean you can't just trust the woman from er right away like you can't just you, can't, you know and in whatever she said was like no no i implicitly will give my i will give my life for this woman and you're just like okay i love the fact that we know that she got like the 20 some odd years on sure. the planet with capaldi but then obviously she had some adventures after that, after she left the planet, because yeah. she tells him, you know, I remember that last day sure. with you or whatever. And it's, yeah, I love that there's still, with all that we know about her, there's still a whole chunk of time that we don't know. That's and who cool. the fuck knows what they did on that planet for 36 years or whatever. Yeah, they could have had adventures there, oh too. My, yeah. they maybe, hey, we don't need to leave the planet. We're on a planet yeah. in space yeah. with Singing mountains. Which Clearly, I mean, shit's weird. A lot of tourists are probably coming into that area, so a yeah. lot of adventures. So, I mean, fanfic or books, I'm sure have yeah. jumped on that. But yeah. it is, no, you're right. Like, the, the Prime Directive is very prominently featured in, in Doctor Who, but they don't, I love, they don't call the Prime Directive because really, that's Star Trek's thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but to call it like, oh, it's a fixed point in time or... 
um, I can't help here. Like, this is something I cannot affect. And even when he tries on the Ghosts of Mars, yes, it, it backfires. terribly wrong. And, but that's the yeah. thing with him. It was never a prime directive because it's been all spelled out and this is whatever. Sure. He would change whatever he could change within yeah. his power, but it, he wouldn't change something because he knew with all of his experience that it wouldn't help. That was the yeah, and, that was, and, I, and I love when he had those moments where he'd be like, I did it, and then it doesn't happen. And you're just like... No matter what I did, time has to do this. Time heals itself. It, it has to push forward. That like that lady had to die for whatever weird reason. That's not a good episode. I really I don't watch that. What one. waters of Mars? Yeah, no. I, Go, I said Ghost of Mars. That terrible John Same Carpenter thing. movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. That was. Yeah, it was oh wow. Yeah, you know, with Ice Cube. Like yeah. that's not you no know, one needs. I like, I like some parts of that episode. Um, no, I can't watch that episode. I, I just, love it that there like was a, there was a news report that came out a little while ago. Actually, probably a couple of years ago now, they were like, scientists discover water on Mars, and all the Whovians are like, no, stay yeah, away, stay it's away. really bad. No, I, yeah, that's not an episode I enjoy. All right, yeah. Well, but mostly I, it's depressing. It is depressing, because yeah. he loses. Yeah, he does. And you don't like to see the Doctor lose. He also, he also became very mean and controlling. We saw the dark side yeah. of the Doctor. He's like, I'll do it because I want to, damn it. And then it just goes and badly. And like, well, so I don't like that either. We saw a side of you we didn't like, and it didn't work out well. Yeah, those him. four specials they did... Uh, like most of them are okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got there's the waters of Mars, which I don't like. I just said I don't really care for. But I like the one with the um, where the, the 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 bus on the desert oh, the planet treasure, and the treasure hunter. Or yeah, like, like yeah. that's fine. Did I we would, ever see her again? We never did. Oh wow, interesting. She would have been an interesting person to bring back. Yeah, maybe they will. I mean, not. I don't know. It doesn't say a companion, but yeah, you come across her again. Sure. Like I did like that episode, but then of course the the last. You know, episode the two hour is his last episode, right. which is fantastic. And sad. But it's sad from the beginning. Yeah. Like the moment it starts, you're like, I know how this is going to end. And it's ending <sighs> with you leaving. And stories about people confronting their mortality yeah. are never going to be a really and he, happy and, story. And it's one of those, and they really, it's like, uh, was that, that was still Russell Davies, right? I think so. Yes. Yeah, because Moffat was Matt Smith right okay. out from the beginning. Okay. So it's Russell's Davies fucking like, it's like, fuck you. Not It's 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 a good fuck you, but it's yeah. also like, fuck you, audience. I'm going to make you earn it. Yeah. And it's like he's dying, and he's like, well, I guess I got to go see all my companions. Oh, and you're just like, no, yes, fuck exactly. you. And, and it's then, happy and sad yeah, and wonderful. Because each one gets worse. Like, you know, he sees like Mickey and... um. Uh, Mickey, Ricky, and uh, uh, Martha, yeah. and, and and they're just like, oh hi, and then he's just like, and they're like, oh, oh, no, we're like, all right, I'm sad now, you know, yeah. and then you see Jack, and you're like, oh, that's cute, and then you see Rose, and you're like, fuck, he sees, <laughs> doesn't he see Donna too from a distance? He wa- yeah, he goes to her wedding, oh. and he gets um, I see if I can make it there without crying because it's just oh. always first with um. He gives her the lottery ticket. Yes. But he goes, yeah, I borrowed a quid off John Noble before he died. And, like, even then his mom starts crying and the grandfather. Yes. And And just, like, you know they won the lottery. And I love the uh, the mom and grandfather. They're like, we're rich. And it's like, <laughs> you know. So brilliant. Um, but it's so good 
the, you know, because he can't see her, and you're like, oh, and then, and then he sees Rose, and you're like, and he's just like, you're going to have an amazing year. <gasps> and you're just like, fuck you. <sighs> fuck. Fuck you. <laughs> which makes... <laughs> Which makes the fact that when she sees nine transition to ten, that makes that moment even more deep because right. she's like, I've never seen this person before. Or, or have, have I? I yeah. Right? And I love when she keeps teleporting in through timeline and missing him in those little episodes there. Yeah. Still never made sense, but no, it's fine. fine. Uh, but, and then, bam, he's Matt. Yeah. And then, and then we care about a ten-year-old girl. Yes, so much. Instantly, like, and you're just like, this is good shit. Like, that's why it's upsetting that Moffat won't go, because it's like you gave us the pawns. Yeah, I mean, and again, I have no proof of this, but the rumor online, and I've talked to some people that have been in some conventions who know people, and they've said that he doesn't want to leave until he has his Blink episode. I'm like. I get that you're... But aren't you striving for something that you may not get? Like, you gave us the pawns. Clot on that. Yeah. Because that's better than any one episode. Yeah, is you gave had, us a companion yeah. that mattered. He had a lot of episodes that have moments that all add up to a yes. Blink level of quality, yeah. I think. But getting them all into one... Blink was just... I, I can't imagine... That's lightning Blink. in the bottle. That it was is. never going to happen again. No. And it's... I mean, it actually... It's like a story that people... That's that's created a trope all by itself. Yes, it you know, really just has. Just messing with the timey wimeyness of cause and effect and everything better than. And that's what it's time so travel. genius when you watch it. You're just like, oh my god, my my brain gets it. It's wonderful, but I can't get it. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. and that's why it's upsetting if that rumor is true that he's chasing this dragon. That you're like, you gave us something already, something better. Yeah. You get because how many companions aren't remembered? Like there's a lot of them in the in the fifty years where you're like, yeah, it's a lesser companion. Yeah, exactly. There's only so many Sarah Janes. Exactly. And like an Amy Pond is in that top five, maybe top three. Exactly. You know, of like Sarah, Rose, and Amy. You have to think you that. Know? Yeah, exactly. And I think to me as as a writer, I would be like, Well, I invented a character and he fucking you know made River Song better. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what shit, I'd be full okay. I, I made River Song better. Like I didn't invent her, but I took the character and wrote her made her three dimensional. And also he has done so much amazing stuff on Sherlock. Isn't he just being greedy now? It kinda. Yes, you it, know. It kinda it's just like, like mm-hmm. go keep on doing shit. <laughs> love love that comment that he made. I guess it was him where he was people were saying that they didn't think there was going to be a season after like this is the fourth season, right? Oh, for Sherlock. Yeah, so yeah, that they didn't think there was going to be a five. Uh-huh. And then he was so irritated by that rumor that he said, you know, okay, fine, there's not going to be a season five, but season six is going to be amazing. Was that him or Gaddis? It's got to be one of the two. One of the two. I, I would like to see Mark take over for Doctor Who. Ooh, I, I think that would be that. fantastic. Oh yeah, he would be amazing. He's, you know, he's, he's wrote a couple. I mean, he's done his. I mean, look, I love Sherlock, but there's only three. Yeah, and they're great. They're usually amazing. Yeah. Don't get me wrong on that at all. Yeah, but at least with Doctor Who, I get at least ten or twelve. It's you true. know, it's true, and we get them more than once every five years or so. But you know, how yeah. long, how long has it been since season three of Sherlock? Well, we had the abominable abominable bride, uh, uh, abominable, abominable. Yeah, well, not like it not wasn't like a great stomach. episode, not so it's stomach, like uh, but you're right. Yeah, they had that special. Right, <laughs> I thought it was okay. It was I fine. It, yeah. My my only gripe with we've gone so far from the prime <laughs> directive at this point, fine. but the, the my only problem with the uh, the the special. 
either keep it in Victorian right. or make it modern. Okay. But so when I figured out what the trick was, that he was imagining this drug-infused, crazy Victorian right. thing to figure something out, I was like... Well, that's no fun. Well, like, he did uh, say, Jada did a write-up of the panel, uh-huh. and he did say at the panel, he's, you know, just being a troll and everything. Sure. He's like, you thought the Abominable Bride was a one-off because I told you it was, and you didn't know that I was lying. So we may get Sure, back I to would Victoria. love to see more Victorians. Yes. Just because I love the modern Sherlock. I re- I like his Sherlock. Hell, I'll even go so far, I enjoy Elementary on CBS. Oh, yeah, it's funny. I get a kick out of it. Yeah. It's not as good, but it's, but it's tongue, it's cbs procedural which i'm very comfortable with sure. but i love the robert downey jr holmes because yes. it's victorian yeah so there's that i love that time period piece so when i get to see benedict and um frodo no Martin bilbo the other hobbit but if he was i would be totally okay with it right. but like when you get to see them in the period outfit and the mustaches and stuff i was like Yes. yes, I love this. And you then know, he much liked it because he didn't have to grow his hair out. Sure, that's fine too. And, and all that's fantastic. But that's why I like the um, the Guy Ritchie movies because I watch them and I think like, oh, it's Victorian and they all look dirty but yet sexy because yeah. they love the suits. And I think Robert Downey Jr. is a fantastic Sherlock Holmes. He's perfect. But and but. The counterpart, Jude Law, is amazing as is Watson. Yes, he is. Like, and I never, like, Jude Law's never really done anything for me. Like, I've never watched him in a movie. It was like, you are exceptionally good at that. He's just so good at dealing with this. This is obviously his friend who drives him fucking insane. And who's sometimes. crazy. Yeah, totally like, crazy. But he knows how brilliant he is. Yeah. So he's got And I like that, and, and I do believe um, uh, uh, Sherlock has really captured that. Like, yeah. Martin Freeman knows that he's his friend. He is insane. Yeah. I think they've played up um, his dickness a little bit more. At times. Yeah. yeah. Like he's, clearly Benedict is the biggest asshole we've ever seen of any Sherlock, yes. in my opinion. Yes. Like, he has moments when yeah. he realizes it, so it makes it okay. Yes, he yeah. does have yeah. moments like, that was wrong, wasn't it? And yeah. he's like, yes. Yeah, terrible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like he's so mean to Molly. God, he's just so mean to her. Like that one Christmas episode where he's like juggling around the package and saying, oh, this is obviously for a person and like eviscerating her and he doesn't even realize it. Oh, that's so hard to watch. You just want to kick him in the teeth. Something about her that bugs me. That's all right. I kind of like her. She's fine. I feel she should be on a better show. Not not her, the actress, the character. Yeah. Like, I feel like she should be on another procedural show where she's appreciated. (laughs) Well, that's why I love it in the the last season when they realize that he's back on drugs and she totally slaps him in the face and has that wonderful speech. I like that. Yeah. It's like she's she's a better character when she stands up for herself. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I have I don't like mousy women in shows cuz it, it does bug me yeah. cuz I know that women can be so much better. Right. It's like yeah. Willow's character in Buffy got better as the seasons. Oh long. god, she yeah, she so becomes yeah. she was the most better. amazing character by the end of the, if you don't count season 6. Let's we try not to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank god. Yeah. <laughs> talk about a bad season but all right see we we were all over the map but there was all time prime directive stuff we connected doctor who to star trek via the prime directive sure i'm happy with that no and as you should because they both and if they ever both time found each other together in live action which uh, come on 
some point. Yeah, come on. We have to have a better one than that comic book, you know. The... So disappointing. I know. It's, it was an attempt. I'm glad uh, they attempted it, but they should have given it to a better artist. Yeah, the writing was fine, but man. And I liked the Borg and the Cybermen. Yes. Yeah, of course. You're like, that's so logical you it's upsetting. Be assimilated, <laughs> yeah. you know? Because even if the Borg and the Daleks, that's not a good mix. Mm. Because the Borg is not prejudiced. No. They're just, they just do what they do and get out of the way. Daleks are just like pure hate, but yes. Cybermen are just, we just want to take over. Right. So it makes complete sense that the Borg and the Cybermen would hook up. Yeah. And do whatever. Yes. But the conversation between Guyton and the Doctor is all I've ever wanted. And mm-hmm. I got it. And it wasn't as great as it could have been, but I'm like, that would be amazing. Yeah. You know, but that is us for this week. We will talk to you next week about something sci-fi related. Adjacent. Sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, I am Leland here with Elizabeth. Bye, everybody. And we will see you talk to you next week. Bye-bye.